2: I just
0: slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio,
2: Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad you guys have joined us here tonight on the show. I'm Jeff, director of HopeNet360. And DW, the guy that likes his eggs sunny side up. How you doing, man?
3: I like them easy over, actually. Do you? Yeah, I do. And, and I don't like the yolks broken, so don't do that.
2: You, you seem like a guy that's sunny side up.
3: Well, I am. Until I flip them over.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if that makes any sense. I do like the yolks not broken, but I, I, you know, the goo stuff, I don't like that going down my throat.
2: That's why you put it with your toast. You like dip your toast in it,
3: and it's almost like a jelly? Well, I do that, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's okay. Each their own. Some guys mix peeps with their eggs, too. I understand.
2: Well, that's oh, just wrong. There's I something know. wrong. we got to change that. I know. Yeah. I know. I
3: think they should be locked up.
2: <laughs> something. <laughs> also with us, uh, the fantabulous Jason.
4: Oh, yeah. Fantabulous. That's that's a good word.
2: Nice yeah, we figured that out last week. That's true.
3: Do you and remember it that? It is a
4: word. It is a word. I, I remember looking that up and, and proving to you guys that it was in Webster, Merriam. All right. Webster. All right.
3: All right. Enough of that. You know what? You can make anything a word. Anything. And, and you can... Get people to use it and Miriam, whoever she is, is going to put it in her dictionary eventually.
4: (laughs) So, at least I have words. Yeah,
3: so she's the one that determines whether it's a word or not. I know. I think I should be able to. You should be able to. If you want to make up a word, make up a word. Okay. Make one up. Go ahead. How about? (laughs) You can't. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to come back to that Yeah, see, you're stuck. You can't even make up a word when I tell you to.
2: (laughs) And we are so delighted to have Sarah Bowes back with us from More Precious Than Rubies. Of course, check out our website, moreprecious.org. But Sarah, welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
2: Yeah. How things been for you?
1: Fantabulous. Fantabulous.
2: <laughs> I love
3: it. All right. All right. It's a it's a conspiracy. <laughs> of course
2: it's a conspiracy, Dave.
3: All right. I'm I'm an old guy. I I'll just say that's a young person. Dave, it's just
4: fantastic.
3: <laughs> fantastic. There you go, a new word that's probably already word so that doesn't count
4: well, I, you've never heard it before I'm, I'm
3: looking it up <laughs> go
2: for it
4: an over amounting joy of fun
3: <laughs> yeah there combination of
4: fun right, now, and fantastic that's right now I feel like I'm playing boulder dash or something
3: yeah like that. that's fine <laughs> You know, I make up words all the time, believe it or not, and I get in trouble for them because afterwards people say that's not a word, and I'm thinking I just made it a word. So this <laughs> is
4: where the problem's coming from. Yeah, where I'm, my I'm, I'm, my words are valid. I'm a little just bitter because the words you come up with aren't valid. That's
3: mine are valid. If I say a word and you understand what I mean, don't you think that's a word at that <laughs> point? <laughs> Absolutely, sure. All right, fantastic is a word already, so you just didn't come up with that.
4: <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't mean to come up with it, just like I didn't come well, up with it Well, earlier we saw,
3: I asked you to come up with a new word, and you haven't yet.
4: <laughs> I'll work on it. All
3: right.
4: <laughs> but then you wouldn't say it's a word because it wouldn't be in the I'm dictionary. I'm
3: looking it up. So how if, can I create a word if it's not in the dictionary? If Miriam says it's a word, then you can't make it up. But if she has said <laughs> it's not a word, then it'd be a new one. I see. Miriam's the, Miriam is the expert.
4: Okay, I'm glad we have that clarified.
2: Miriam is a is a smart lady, that's for sure. And hey if you guys are I hope you guys are having a fantastic week and hopefully today has been pretty fantabulous, however you want to look at that. Uh, anyway, this is the show where conversations save lives. We're funny. We joke around. We have a lot of fun on the show. And we also talk about things that do matter to teens, young adults and parents that sometimes we don't get a chance to talk about with other people. And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about ladies and gentlemen. I I think guys, we've kind of lost in some ways what it means to be a lady or a gentleman. And so we've got Sarah with us to kind of give us ladies perspective. And we would just invite you to join the tweet back right now. We're on Twitter, Use the hashtag HNRTB. Share your thoughts tonight on the show with us as we're talking about this. Have we lost that ability? Do you think that we're missing something in our generation where we've lost that meaning or the desire to be a lady or to be a
3: gentleman? You know, I think I'm wondering if in the last many years we've tried to erase any differences between men and women. And differences aren't bad. They're not better or worse. They're just different. It seems like we're trying to erase the differences when we should be celebrating the differences. And I, I could be wrong on that. I'm older, and so I'm a little bit old-fashioned in some things probably. I'm not sure I would want my daughters uh, on the front lines fighting with other guys in, in the Army. I mean, that kind of stuff. And it's not because they are not capable brain-wise or even physical-wise. I, my one younger daughter, she's a, she works out like crazy. I wouldn't want to arm wrestle her. But the, the bottom line really is I, I'm just not sure that erasing the differences is healthy. I think there are differences. There's a reason why there's differences. And instead of celebrating and respecting and enjoying the differences, somehow I think we've tried to erase them. And maybe that's just my perspective, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Have you seen
2: that, Sarah?
1: I have. And I've also seen the degrading of being a lady. You know, if you want to insult a boy or a man, you tell him he's acting like a woman. (laughs) or You tell him he throws like a girl. Yeah. And um, that – Does it get you fired up? Well, it speaks to girls, you know, young girls – if you tell me, if I if I know that Jeff throws like a girl, for instance, I, I want to throw better than Jeff, right?
2: Yeah, which I don't. So,
1: <laughs> of, course, of course, you know, that was just an example. Oh, but right.
2: <laughs> okay. I just want to clarify. Yeah, that's good.
1: Right, right, and and you know I do throw better than Jeff, but <laughs> that's probably true too. But, but if I want to throw better than Jeff, I know that I have to throw better than a girl. But I am a girl, so it's very conflicting, and it tries to put us on that even playing field where maybe it's not even a fair start.
2: So when you hear stuff like that, I mean, how do you approach that? Is that worth talking about? Let's just let's just throw Dave's name in there. Dave throws like a girl. Sure. You know,
3: uh, I got cut from a no-cut baseball team. That's this right. Is starting to be painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I don't think it was because you threw bad. But
3: you know what, though? Let's give a little bit of credit, maybe, for the fact I don't know if credit's the right word, but understanding to the fact that uh, people grow up certain ways. Like, I grew up in a family of all boys. You know I mean? I had my mom and then my dad, my brother, myself. So, I guess in our house, the toilet seat was always up. I mean, it yeah. was one of those things. Yep. Yeah. Then when I got married, I had all girls. I mean, I had two daughters and a wife. So, the toilet seat's always down. There was no discrimination, nothing else. It was just my brother and I were two boys. We acted like two boys. And really, when we were young, we didn't like girls. (laughs) I mean, we just didn't like them because we were out there beating each other up and doing things, and we didn't do things that they did. And and I don't think that's so unusual, and I don't think that's really weird or anything. I think that's just kind of life. It wasn't that we disrespected them or anything. We just didn't like playing with them and didn't want them part of our lives. And all of a sudden, that stuff changes, you know, but – um, I think there's just kind of a natural thing, um, that's out there that's more childish, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. that probably is just kind of okay and funny. And I mean, they just do it. And then as they grow older, every childish way has to start going to the side. And we start understanding that, um, those differences aren't something that are, are bad or evil or anything. And it's just kind of interesting to, to think that sometimes the perspective. We need to understand and, and maybe be a little patient with children. And, of course, sometimes they're just imitating bad adults. Like, you, you guys ever see the old program um, with Archie Bunker on it?
1: Oh, in um, the family?
3: Oh, man. I mean, that just ruined everything in life as far as uh, how women are treated and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's like a child that never grew up. Anyway, I, I think that sometimes we have to look and educate people by how adults actually live. But give a little slack to the children who are just being children at times, and let them be who they are.
2: Yeah, and you know it's it's probably worth saying, but you know, guys, it's okay to be guys. And tonight on the show, we're going to talk about what it means to be a young lady as well. And it's okay to be a young lady. And we're going to help you guys. Our, our goal tonight on the show is to help give you some ideas, some things that you can stand on that maybe will challenge your character a little bit to not just settle for what this world gives us. This world gives us so many conflicting messages. And tonight on the show, we want to talk more about what it really means to be a gentleman and what it means to be a lady. And that we don't have to listen to the messages the world tells us about what it means to be that. We can just listen to what God says about that. So right now, if you need to, you can chat with a live coach at hopenet360.com, especially if you're going through something tonight. Maybe you've had a difficult weekend. And this is just one of those times where you just need to talk to somebody. Whatever is going on in your world, chat with the live coach at Hopenet360.com. The conversation will continue here on Hopenet Radio. Are
0: you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. This is Hopenet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at Hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and
2: Dave. Welcome back to the show, HopeNet Radio. The tweet back is on right now. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag tweet. HNRTB. Tweet. And we would love to hear from you tonight here on the show, talking about ladies and gentlemen discussing the differences between the two and that it's okay to be different. We're kind of talking about the the silly analogy of how, as a guy, the most insulting thing you can say to them on the athletic field was either you kick or you throw or you hit like a girl. And you know these are things that we say and we kind of joke about them, but we don't always think of the the consequences of what it does to people. Dave, you you might smile at this article talking about an, an Ohio State University study that was just published recently. And it talks about how giving kids too much praise can turn them into narcissists. Does that surprise you, Dave?
3: No. You know what? When I started teaching school many, many years ago, uh, one of the trends was that we made sure that we always, always, always praised children and encouraged them, hoping that this would lead to um, confidence and belief that uh, each individual is important. And what it did is it backfired. It turned people into narcissists. Uh, in other words, people who think about themselves all the time. Uh, uh, there are There was a time where you wouldn't give out first place trophies anymore. You'd give everybody a trophy that participated and and you wouldn't be, you know, someone walked across the room and didn't trip. You give them a ribbon for it, you know, that, that kind of thing. And before you know it, children were wanting to be tapped on the back for everything they did and everything became, notice me, notice me, notice me. And now we live in a culture where those children have grown up and they're still doing it. So I I think it's very dangerous, actually, to give too much praise to a child or to make the world revolve around a child over and over and over again, I don't think that's healthy for him.
2: In this article, it was just interesting how they, they phrased it. The study from The Ohio State University suggests that constant and perhaps undue praise for our kids' tiniest accomplishments, like you said, Dave, walking across a room without tripping or whatever, or non-accomplishments may have the unintended side effect of creating an overinflated ego And this can have serious consequences both in in childhood and later on in life. Also says that research shows that narcissism is higher in Western than non-Western countries and suggests that narcissism levels have been steadily increasing among Western youth over the past few decades. As it writes in this. And then finally, the social learning theory suggests that kids become narcissists when their parents overvalue them. That is, when parents treat their kids as fundamentally more deserving than others, or as Freud put it, when they are, quote, under a compulsion to ascribe every perfection to the child, which sober observation would find no occasion to do. In contrast, a psychoanalytic theory would suggest that kids become narcissists when their parents withhold warmth. So the kids have to put themselves on a pedestal and seek approval elsewhere to test which of these theories is more on point. The team had kids in the Netherlands ages 7 through 11, and their parents fill out questionnaires every six months for a year and a half. So it would seem that this isn't really a longitudinal study, uh, but it it would be one that I would be curious as to if they would carry it out for a longer period of time and see kind of how it plays out.
3: I think it's logical, actually, Jeff. I mean, look at American Idol. There are people that, uh, if you've ever watched American Idol, and I've seen a couple of the the um, tryout kind of things, I never saw it to conclusion. But sometimes when somebody's up there singing, I'm wondering why didn't somebody tell them along the way that they weren't a good singer? Mm-hmm. And before they go on, people interview them, and they say, "Yeah, everybody said you know my voice was great, and I should try out for American Idol." And I'm thinking, "Are you kidding me? Where, where is the honesty here?" We don't even seem to have the capability of telling a young person, this is not your gift. But you do have a gift somewhere else. You know, again, it's kind of like making men and women all equal. Like we want everyone to be equally talented. And they're not. Uh, You mentioned earlier baseball. And I I got cut from a no-cut baseball team. I am a terrible baseball player. Terrible. So anybody that would look at me and try and encourage me in baseball and say, man, you're a good player, would have been lying. That wouldn't work. I need to learn that there are some things in life I don't do well. There are other things I do well, and that's part of life. And I think in our whole discussion, I think young ladies need to learn that they're young ladies. Men need to learn they're men and realize that differences don't mean better or worse. It means different. Mm -hmm. This uh, article, I think, is is spot on from my experience watching parents work with kids.
2: Yeah, I think it would be one that would be neat to see how it would – Transpire across, you know, timelines and stuff. And what narcissism truly boils down to is a love of ourself. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. That we put ourself at the center of this world. And like we talk about, Dave, that when we put ourself at the center of the world and think that everything revolves around us, that's really where we get miserable. And that's why we feel like our life is unfulfilled because we've got faulty expectations, thinking that this world is—it's all about me. It's all about my accomplishments or my happiness. And that simply isn't true. And it's definitely not the way that God has for us. But yet we fall into those patterns. We fall into those lies every day because this world is trying to tell us that if you just have this, if you just did this or you look like this, you know, you follow the trends, man, you're going to be popular. Everyone's going to love you. They're going to think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that that sets you up for such disaster, doesn't it, Sarah?
1: I agree. I think it's to the detriment of the children to keep encouraging them in ways that aren't necessarily their strengths or point out every time. As Dave said, they walk across the room without tripping and tell them how wonderful they are. Who's going to keep that up in their adulthood? My job as a parent is to raise my child to be independent and a positive producing member of society, not to need everybody else to tell them how wonderful they are all day long, every day. day. We're talking suicide rates are going to go up. All because nobody's giving them the proper feedback or what they deem to be proper feedback.
4: You could almost see evidences of that in in our society nowadays. As I work with young people, it seems like more and more young people are less motivated just to serve without expecting anything in return. And I think that could be evidence in in things like this where they expect everything to come to them and for them to kind of just have it all kind of go well for them. And so to to put themselves aside and be able to serve others without expecting anything in return, I think is another effect that we don't see, but this kind of flirts with, you know, and that can then be applied to any situation that we face. Even as we talk about the whole men and women thing is that if we're at the end of the day looking out for number one, you know, we could care less what other people, you know, view of us as long as we have what we want at the end of the day, you know, and that's that's. Totally against what we've been talking about on the show, you know, is to love God and love others, you know, after that. And it's just interesting how that clashes and the impact of that.
3: Should we praise people for doing what they should do? I mean, if somebody comes and says, hey, you know what, I just paid my taxes. It's like, good, you should have. I mean, should we tap them on the back, give them a hug and have a party? Or should we praise people, you know, for doing things that they should do anyway and it's just being responsible to do them? Mm -hmm. I mean, I can understand reinforcement when they're young and that kind of thing, but you'll be praising them for like someone comes in and makes a mess and go, I cleaned up the, the mess I made. You should have cleaned up the mess you made. Mm-hmm. I mean, where does this go? Yeah.
2: yeah. And that's an interesting conversation because I think for those who are parents, we tend to parent kind of, in some ways we try to focus on the things that we lacked in our life. You know, if we're saying we want to be a better parent than maybe our parents were. And so sometimes we try to overcompensate for the things that we missed in our life. And that's, that is one of those things that it can be kind of hard to figure out. Well, what, what things then should I not, you know, affirm or what things should I not value or validate? And I would say, you know, to my 16 month old son that I, you know, I'm proud of him when I, when he doesn't trip over an uneven level of concrete, you know, that's one of the things that as he's walking on the sidewalk, I don't want him to fall on his face every time he hits one of those uneven sidewalk squares and, and, you know, he falls on his face. I, I And then when he climbs a stair, I mean, yeah, you should be able to climb a stair, but you know, 60 months old, I get excited when he's climbing stairs. But that's
3: appropriate. That's an appropriate encouragement. But if you're still doing that when he's 21, you're in trouble. Well, that's
2: very true. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about this as we go on the show, what it means to be a gentleman, what it means to be a lady. Be a part of our conversation tonight. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, if you get to miss any part of the show or you want to go and share this with your friends, if you think, hey, these guys need to listen to it, you can go and share every single episode that we have put out on HopeNet Radio at Hobenet360.com slash podcast. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in
0: real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
2: Welcome back to the show. Guys, as we're chatting in the break a little bit, this is, you know, talking about narcissism in itself. This is something we talk about frequently on the show. And not because we want to make a big deal of it, but because it, it just shows the ultimate place that we can get to when we start to worship ourselves. When we start to worship whatever we desire the most in our in our lives and our passions and in our goals, our aspirations, when it's all about us, it really breaks down relationships in a lot of different ways. And we want to help you guys tonight as you're going through these weeks. And maybe you've been at a point where you're just not sure why you're miserable, why you're always disappointed, or in a place where it's just, you can't see beyond today. And I think that's a symptom of being so focused on myself and my desires and my happiness and my goals and when those things don't line up with the way that I want them to and my reality doesn't align with my goals, that's when I get miserable. And so tonight, let's take our eyes off of ourself for a time and let's just focus on the grander picture of how each of us fits into our community, in, in our family, in our society. One of these dirty words that's become com- it's become really dirty in our society is complimentary. Let me explain a little bit. We kind of touched on it a little bit in the show, but there's a, a portion of our, our culture that says we should be similar or have the ability to be similar. I think it, it takes a little bit away of how we were really originally designed. And I don't understand. I, I guess I'd kind of wonder your guys' thoughts if, if I'm wrong in this, tell me. But, you know, the idea that men and women are meant to be Compliments versus similar—is that a bad thing? I mean, is that wrong?
4: I don't. I don't. I don't think it's wrong. You know, I think that just looking—you know—put the gender genders aside for a second. Just think of everybody as an individual. God created everybody differently, you know. And my gifting and my talents are different than yours, Jeff. And so for me to expect you to do everything exactly the same that I do it—you know—that just doesn't seem right. You know, like me, I can't sing. You know, so does that mean I should have the same? chance as somebody who does sing to do it you know like to me that just doesn't make logical sense because we have all created it differently now then step back up to the broader perspective you know the the men versus women thing you know and apply that you know just because there's gender differences doesn't mean that we're all created differently you know and so you take that a step further and god created you know women uniquely different than men but not in a bad way you know in a lot of good ways and i think sometimes we don't focus in on, on that a whole lot we just want to have the, the chance to do everything exactly the same
3: yeah you know i just thinking about differences uh, let me ask sarah sarah are there are there differences in the male gender that you actually just appreciate
1: <laughs> Is this a trick question <laughs> No of course there, of course there's uh, there's traits that I, I appreciate.
3: I mean you wouldn't want them different. I mean there's certain characteristics of, of uh, that God put into men that you you appreciate. I am thankful that God made women different than men as I, as I think about just my life being married for over 35 years you know I mean I, I, I'm just very thankful that Linda's not like me. you know there are so many areas that are different that I celebrate. And they're different. I mean, it's okay for me not to understand everything about um, how she thinks or what. But here's what she's really, really, really good at. She's really good at relationships compared to me. And most women are. They're very relational in their thought process. She's much more intuitive with the kids than I am. And a lot of women are. And and I'm not cutting men down. I'm saying, you know what? I never knew what it was like to have a baby a part of my body. I never understood that. I don't understand the connection that's there. I don't understand feeding the baby from my body. I don't understand any of that. There's a certain bond there that's different than I have. That's not an evil bond. That's not a, I'm not trying to erase that. In fact, I, I actually think that children crave time with their dads because they kind of automatically have it with their moms. It's like they got this connection from the beginning with their mom and their dad, they didn't right away. And so all their life, they really enjoy that connection that dad makes with them. And that, that's not something I got from the Bible or anything that's just like me thinking aloud. I appreciate the differences, you know, whenever Linda and I are trying to make decisions, I, you know, I'll go off in my mail, I'm going to fix this and grab a hammer. and You know, she'll come up and soften it a little bit and, and have me think about it differently and think about it in terms of relationships. See, I appreciate those things. Those aren't bad things. Those are things that, that balance life and make it better. And I guess that's what I was asking, sir. If there's, uh, you know, in, in life, can we see the, the value of difference instead of um, thinking that difference is really a threat to us being all that we can be?
2: I, I want to hear a little bit of from the guy's perspective as we're talking about being a gentleman. What do you guys see when you're talking with young people and young men? What are some, some of our faults, some of our failures, and shortcomings as gentlemen today?
4: I think oftentimes we, when we talk about gentlemen and, and you look at you know nowadays I feel like we don't do the things that we should do. There's there's this old term that, that used to be used called chival, chivalrous, um, and it is a word it is in Merriam <laughs> Webster. Um, but
3: it's, it's I'm checking.
4: It's just a, this idea of, of protection of and protecting the woman, you know, and simple things. You know, it's rare to ever see a guy walk around a car and open up the door while. The, the girl gets in the car seat and then goes and gets in, in the seat, you know, or, or things like that. You know, simple things, I think, that go a long way, we don't necessarily see anymore. We just kind of do our own thing and expect everybody else to do their own thing. And it, it's just unfortunate because I think that part of our responsibility, at least being a gentleman, is protecting and, and, and showing that.
3: Part of the problem really in society is that we, we've learned to try and be needed rather than wanted. And there's a whole different set of rules uh, okay. according to how you think in that term. Um, if, if I think I need uh, my wife to act a certain way, then I'm kind of demanding. If yeah. she thinks um, that she needs me or I need her, the, the difference is this. If I really want her around me, I act as if I want her around me. And all of a sudden, the things in her life that she doesn't have as strengths, I get to supply that because I'm different. And the things I don't have as strengths, she gets to supply that. But it's because she wants to, not because she needs to. And then all of a sudden your actions are guided because you actually want to be with the person. Being wanted is how God made us. He didn't make us to be needed. And uh, God doesn't need us. He wants us. He wants to include us. And and I think that's just being sensitive to the person, that, uh, the people that you're with. Uh, and there are some times where um, uh you know, in our lives, we look and we say, you know what, this person, male or female, or whatever, is really good at this. Let's let them do that. And we celebrate that, that difference and that gift. And it, and we let them demonstrate that they want to be a part of our life, not that we need them to be a part. So I think there's an adjustment that needs to be made in order to be, have healthy guy-girl relationships in that sense.
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree. Jason, I like that word chivalrous. It's one of those that we don't really talk about what that truly means. And Sarah, as we're looking at, there's there's an article we're posting on our show notes of just some different qualities of being a gentleman. One of them is chivalrous. The other one is courteous. And some others that are in this list, realistic, polite, gallant. What stands out to you? I mean, when you when you see these words that are on this, on this list.
1: It's important for men and gentlemen to, to be gentlemen. To be chivalrous is to, in essence, treasure somebody, right? So, and, and that's what... Women want, girls and women, we we want to be treasured. We want to feel valuable, but it's hard to admit that because if if you admit that you want to be treasured or valuable, then you're being vulnerable. And there's nothing wrong with having somebody treasure you. Sometimes I think we give the impression that we don't want the chivalry. We don't want you to open the door for us because we can do it ourselves, darn it. The disservice that we do, To that, it's not if you're chivalrous, you're not opening the door because I can't open it. You're doing it because you respect me or treasure me, Mm -hmm. value me. You're showing you're showing a respect and value, not not a you're so incapable you can't handle the door by yourself.
2: That's important to know, especially for guys. You know, when when a girl allows a man to be chivalrous or to be courteous or to be realistic or even polite to them, it's okay. Let, let them do it because I think it's one of those things – if someone was going to give you five bucks and they said, no, 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 I don't, I don't want your money and, and yet one of their gifts is to give. One of their, their inclinations to do in life is to just give without receiving back. When you cut that off, when you say, no, 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 I could do it myself, it kind of takes away that, that opportunity to use their gift. And when we use our gifts, when we're able to use our gifts in the context of who we're created to be, man, that, that brings us joy in ourselves. And not because I just gave you five bucks or because I opened a door for you, but because I was able to use my gifts to help benefit someone else, even if they were able to do it. And that that just brings joy to me. And so when we allow other people to be chivalrous or to be generous in, in those things in our life, that those things kind of inspire hope. Connect with us on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also chat with the live coach tonight if you're going through something at Hopenet360.com. The second half of Hopenet Radio is coming up.
0: Feel like nobody cares? We do. Hopenet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at Hopenet360.com. It's Hopenet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of Hopenet Radio,
2: Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to Hopenet Radio, the second half of the show. If you miss any part of the conversation tonight, make sure to go back and listen to the podcast. It's at Hopenet360.com slash podcast. Later tonight, we'll post it, and you can go back and listen this week. Share it with your friends. Share it with people that you know that can definitely benefit from this conversation because we're talking as we're talking about being a gentleman, being a lady and some of the things that we see in our culture that kind of cause hangups in our life, it's important to, to talk about these things together. And if you're a teenager, it's important to talk to mentors. It's important to even talk with your parents about some of these things because they've probably been in those situations in your life where they've kind of wondered, what's what's my life going to boil down to? Like What am I going to be known for? That's the big question in life. Uh, for many of us, once we get out of our teenage years into our 30s and 40s, you're kind of living, instead of living for yourself or you know your gain, you're actually starting to think about, well, what am I going to leave behind? You know, what, what kind of legacy am I going to leave behind? And so that's kind of the motivator for our conversation tonight. When we're talking about being a gentleman, being a lady and some of the traits you guys have been kind of asking what, well, what are those things as a gentleman? What does it mean to be a gentleman? And so I just, I'll sum it up in these words and I just want you to go and check out some of the notes on our show notes at hopenet360.com. But the first one Jason mentioned was chivalrous that a gentleman is someone who cares for women and who does it not just once, but, you know, throughout time periods and not because you like them, but just because you want to see them do well. Uh, one is courteous. So being polite, respectful, uh, in a considerate manner. That's what it means to be, con- what it means to be courteous, uh, to be an honorable man. So this uh, this idea of honor this is a big that's a big word it's a five letter word but it's huge uh, honorable men uh, in our culture that look up to or that are look up to, looked up to is what i'm trying to say Uh, that you know they don't play games don't play mind games don't play tricks Uh, they're honest you know they're genuine this sort of thing realistic uh, is another trait being a gentleman means being realistic Uh, they don't want to see something that's fake they don't want to see something that is fabricated uh, when you put on a good face or you put forward uh, a good effort but you don't really back it up with what you do Uh, a good gentleman is polite he's gallant he's respectful, he's noble, he's decent. And that's another word, all these words we can unpack quite a bit more. And so there's a little explanation there on our website, hopenet360.com. But guys, I think, you know, as we've been talking in the break between, you know, this time together, uh, it's, it's important that we define it correctly. But also I think understanding that you can't be a gentleman without any effort. You know, you've got to put effort into being the man you want to be, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't, you, you don't just evolve into a gentleman, right? I mean, that, that doesn't happen. It, it, I think it, it goes reverse. If you just wait for yourself to become a gentleman, you're usually just kind of a jerk. That, that's the way I see it. Am I wrong? Am I off base there? You
3: know, I don't think so. I, I, I think we imitate those who we have watched all of our lives. And um, for young people who have watched a, a dad love their mom or be very respectful to women, uh, they grow up understanding what that looks like and they want that to be a part of their life i i really honestly believe that if you're a mom or a dad mom and dad you know uh, raising children or a single mom or you know i th- i think that we have to understand if you are one that's married at home and you're you're raising children the best thing that you can do is actually love your husband or love your wife and and make sure the children understand that that's a great priority that you actually want to make each other successful and you appreciate the differences, you celebrate them. And and so that they can see that if you're a single parent, you know, it's very important if you're a single parent to be able to continue to talk respectfully and act respectfully towards the opposite gender. Um, Even if you've been hurt and even if things have not gone well, it's important that they understand uh, that it can go well as people would love God and walk with him and, and so a lot of our uh, behaviors actually are tied to the generation that went before us. Uh, but if the behaviors of the generation that went before us are not good, then what we need to be able to do is, is go back to the Scriptures and, and begin to reevaluate what are these roles supposed to look like and how did God make it so that it works well. Because it does work well when you listen to God.
2: Jason, any thoughts on when you think of a gentleman or a gentleman's man, who, would, who comes to mind? whether it's uh, pop culture or, um, and
4: this has nothing to do with Dave just said, but it's actually my dad. Um, I look at at a lot of the ways that I treat other people and I think I get it from my my dad and just the way that he did growing up, you know, I, myself in general, like I I tend to be a very observant person, you know? And so I I like to observe people and just the way that, that they're treated. And there's been several people throughout my life where I've observed that I'm like, man, you know, look at, look at how, you know, caring and selfless that person is. I, I want to model that too, you know, and, and, and there's something that spurs us on when we see things like that. So, so in me being chivalrous or in me being, you know, a gentleman towards other people, it in essence then encourages maybe others to do the same, you know, cause that's how it was in my life. I saw other people doing it. It's like, man, I want to do that as well. Not because I want to be better. You know, I really wanted to do it because I saw the the positive outcome of being a gentleman, you know, and the, and the way that other people responded to that. Because, I mean, who wouldn't want, you know, to be treated well? Who wouldn't want somebody to be honest with them? Who wouldn't want all of those characteristics that you just listed off be acted upon them? You know, I think it's all something that we'd appreciate. And so why not encourage each other to do so?
2: Yeah, it's so true. And before we go into what it means to be a lady I just want to encourage you if you if you're out there and you're a guy and you've grown up without a dad in your life I just I really want to encourage you It doesn't mean that you can never be a gentleman men if you're listening as you're listening to the show maybe you're a dad maybe you're someone who is what I would consider a mature man in, in age and I hope mature in in spiritual things that you take young men under your wing and that don't have fathers and be a father figure, mentor them. Stop looking for ways out, looking for ways around that because the reality is in our culture today, we have so many young men who are growing up without dads. And we need to find a way to not only exude these characteristics, but help raise other young men to become gentlemen. I, I would say today, if we don't do that, we become a dying bunch of people who live and act modestly and generously and caring and all these things that it means to be a gentleman. If we don't help raise up the young men today, we're going to be in a heap of trouble later on. And it's going to affect our leadership roles. It's going to affect many things down the road. And it's not to be so egocentric on this whole male ego thing. No, it's just saying that as men, we have to know what it means to be a man. And it is difficult for young men who do not have fathers to understand what it means to be a gentleman without that kind of a role model in their life. That's why I put so much weight on youth ministry and being around people who can be mentors and role models in that way. I think that's so important. And uh, so, Sarah, as we shift the conversation to becoming a lady and talking about this, what are some things today in our culture that you're seeing among young women that we need to kind of tweak some of these things a little bit?
1: I think the world gives the impression that as a woman, we're supposed to, or a young woman, we're supposed to grow to become powerful and manipulate to get our way, to really take control, to use our sex appeal, um, to get what we need—again, to just really take charge—and that men are tools to be used, and they're basically large children. I mean, all the sitcoms mm. will show that, right? Yeah. All the all the guys are just like dumb big kids, and and that really just does a disservice to both genders. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's allowing perpetual adolescence in our young men, and it's. It's lowering the standards of what women are aiming for. Hmm. And it's it's also lowering the standards of who God created young women to be and who they are supposed to grow up to be yeah. to honor him.
2: Oh that's that's so deep and, and I, I would agree. I mean, just the way and again, media, media isn't bad, but we've got to really be mindful of what messages are coming through. If you if you've been in a psychology class before, you'll probably study a little bit of the effects of media on culture in some way or on uh, humans in general. We tend to portray either what is reality or what we perceive to be reality. Through our media, and you see that all the time. Whether it's the Homer Simpsons of America, it could be the the Archies of America. I mean, it's it's all of these stereotypes is really what it is. And we want to break through those stereotypes tonight here on the show. Connect with a live coach right now if you're going through something. Especially maybe uh, this has kind of brought up some pains in your life. Maybe you are in a place where. This is, it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable talking about moms or dads, being a gentleman, being a lady, being confident in yourself. I think we all have questions that need answers and there are live coaches that are willing to chat with you and connect and maybe give you some answers in life tonight. So chat with the live coach at hopenet360.com and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio.
0: If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back
2: to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Sarah, you brought up some really great points, things that are going on in our world today, and especially with young women. I think as they go through the teenage years and in the young adult years, there's a lot of transition that's going on. There's a lot of things that, you know, their identity is a big thing. What else? What, as, as young girls are growing up today, what are the things that are being shaped
1: Appearance is is huge. And then there's, you know, the selfie culture, you know, people are constantly taking pictures of themselves and posting them on Instagram and Facebook and all the different social media sites. And, you know, how many, how many likes did I get per hour or minute? That's setting their value. Their worth is based on, did I get one like per minute? And that's just doing some huge damage. I think similarly, To how Dave said with young men, I think with young women, it's really important that we go back to the scriptures to reevaluate what God says is important and and it's detrimental to focus completely on what the world is throwing at us through media and social media, friend groups at schools and um, without the positive influence of um, youth groups and positive adults.
2: Yeah, and, and there's a verse that comes to mind that says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. And I think that sums up essentially why why we go back to, why we go back to the Bible. Uh, there's been a quote recently from a, a very, I would say, a very prominent person who's been in the church for a long time. And he said, you know, why do we consistently go back to a book that's 2,000 years old and think that's going to be a guide for us today, essentially? And that, that's just kind of paraphrasing. But we get asked that question a lot. You know, why would we go back to that? And it, it shows right there that there are so many ways in this world that seem like that's the right way to live. But in the end, you end up miserable, discouraged, depressed, suicidal, all of these things. These are, these are issues, but they're because of other things that are going on there. Those are the effects of the cause. There's other causes that are bringing us to these places. And especially in young women today, Dave, you talk about this a lot with some of the conversations that you have with some young women. And you, you know, you ask them directly, you know, things like, do you feel ugly? Do you feel like you are worthless? Do you cut? A lot of young women today are, are involved in, in cutting and, and self harm. And these are all – they're all symptomatic of a greater struggle that's going on today in our young women.
3: You know, one of the interesting things is it goes back to the same um, basic core issue that we've talked about so many times. And, and that's basically – there's so many times that we want the world to revolve around us. So we develop a self-centered, self-focused life. And so men will think about self and, and the way they think about women is they want to use them for self. Women will say, well, I want to use men for myself. And so, what they figure out is how to manipulate men and control them and and they'll use their body for that they'll use you know their sex appeal whatever, but they figure out how to use what they have to control somebody else for their benefit and when they feel powerless, what happens a lot of times is is they do things like cutting themselves and, and other things because of the fact that they feel like that's giving them some control over something and and really, what I have found the most freedom for me comes in the fact that that I have a heavenly father who created me and I don't have to have power. I don't have to be the one that's in charge. I can be the one that just does what's right and enjoys the people around me, enjoys God. And so now I'm not the one that has to be personally have the world revolve around me and be satisfied with everything. I can work at making others the best they can be. I'm telling you, there's great freedom in that. And it goes back to the, the, the the core issue of all the issues um, the, whether it be guys or girls, everybody's going to be gifted differently. Everybody's going to, to be somebody. The the body calls us if you're a believer, if you're a Christian. And, you know, if you're not a Christian listening today and you really want to investigate what it is to be a Christian, we encourage you to contact the Life Coaches, HopeNet360.com, and talk to them about it. Uh, but the bottom line is if, if you are a Christian, you understand that we're a body. There's knees and there's ankles and there's there's Achilles tendons and fingers. And what we want to do is make sure that every part of the body is listening to the brain. And we want to encourage and make sure that every part of the body is functioning correctly. And that's what we do as a body of Christ. And And so when we put that into perspective, we no longer care about who's more visible or who's not more visible, who's more powerful, who isn't, because the whole body's purpose is to work together towards a goal and the brain gets us there. So I can cheer my knees on. You know, if I'm running a great race, I've never heard anybody look at me and say, man, did you see those knees? Wow. You know, they didn't do that. But I'll tell you something, if I'm running a good race, the knees have something to do with it. And and what I'm concerned about is making the knees successful. So if they have arthritis or something, I might ice them, I might do different things because my goal is to make them successful with the rest of the body. But when the whole body goes across the finish line, people cheer the whole body, not the individual parts of the body. You'll never see at the finish line people going, nice toenail, what a cuticle. Man, did you see that guy's, the hair on his knuckles? I mean, unbelievable. Nobody does that. So- what they do is they say, wow, look at that race, and it's the whole body. And so I think if we could start to focus on how God made us and look at the whole, all of us would be much better off.
2: Sarah, as a young woman yourself, as you're looking in the Bible, what what's a good place to go to to talk about what it means to be a woman?
1: Well, my favorite place to go to is Proverbs 31. A lot of people are put off by Proverbs 31 or find it overwhelming. Why is that? Uh, Because there's a lot in there. You know, it's hard to look at all of the things that the Proverbs 31 woman is and think that any of us could do that on our own. And I think that's part of the key. The key is it's not um, that's not a one day snapshot. It's her it's her life In general, Mm. but it's also something we need to ask the Lord to help us with. We can't walk properly forward in life without His assistance.
2: So, what does it say in Proverbs thirty-one? Like, isn't this talking about a wife?
1: Well, you know that's a that's an interesting point. I think a lot of people say that it's talking about a wife. The king's mom had written this um, to to him on how to find a wife. So, it's actually. Mm. What do you? What would you look for, son, in a single woman to be your wife? Huh. So as Christians, we will put marriage as like the end goal. You know, you're a full human when you're married. But it's important to realize that according to Proverbs 31, we're more precious than rubies and that we have a great value long before we get the man's seal of approval. Mm. This, Our worth comes from the Lord.
2: That's profound too, because as, as young women are living today, there's just this thinking that you know i have to be this so that i get a husband then i will be complete right and there's there's a lie today that there's kind of that myth and i think you know we've been guilty of that portraying that that the ultimate end is to get married but the bible even talks about being single and that's there's a special gift that you know being single so we get messed up in our maybe it's our western mindset i don't know what it is but there's a desire obviously for many people to get married but you know to be confident it's it's important to help young men and young women realize that you don't need to acquire those things to be complete to be whole but yet it seems like that's a great way of pointing that out that this is this wasn't a letter that was written from a gal that you know this is this is what it means to be a godly wife but it's like this is this is what a woman you should look for you know if you're a man so but it's a great letter for young women to read today and to kind of wrestle with a little bit too because there's a lot of challenging things in there
1: Right. Whether we're, whether our aim is to become a, a wife or just the best woman we can be. Proverbs 31.10 says that a capable, intelligent, virtuous woman, who is she who can find her? She is far more precious than jewels and her value is far above rubies or pearls. That's from um, the amplified version, which I think just kind of expounds on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and it's, it. I mean, she's, she's intelligent, she's capable, she's virtuous, she's all of those things. Those are great things to aim for. Those are great things for young men to look for in their future spouse.
2: And those are also effects. And we're going to talk a little bit more as we go on the show of how we get there, because that's the biggest question as well. Yeah, I, I really want to I really want to be that, but I don't know how to get there. You know, I don't know what to do in my life. And maybe some of the things that young men and young women are doing today aren't moving them in that direction to becoming a gentleman or to becoming a lady that is virtuous, that is exactly those qualities. So we're going to talk more about this as we go on the show tonight. Remember, you can chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio.
0: Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR.
2: Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We're wrapping things up tonight. We have some things that we want to help you guys get to that point of being young men, young women that are gentlemen and ladies. And to know that that's okay. This world is going to tell us a lot of different things. Uh, In some ways, this world is going to lie to you. And that's just the unfortunate reality. You're going to have people in your life that will lie to you. You're going to have people that will tell you one thing, and and it totally means something incredibly different. One of the things that we talk about a little bit on the show, we talked about it recently, uh, prom season is coming up and it, it might already be here for some of you. And you start to focus on, well, I, I want to go with this person. So all of a sudden it becomes this game. There's so many mind games that are played today to, to get everything to work out in your favor. And, and we see this, we see the effects of the narcissistic mindset in some ways where it's all about me. It's all about what I want. And today, one of the knocks that our generation gets is that we want everything for nothing, that we want the success of the people that we see in our, in our culture that are wealthy or that are famous, but we don't want to work for them. We just want to sit on a beach and we want to sip Kool-Aid and just let everything flow into our lives and think, well, that's how it's going to work. You know, unfortunately, anybody who's lived any amount of time in this world realizes that you just do not get those things served on a silver platter. It doesn't work that way. And the same thing is true if you want to be a gentleman today or if your desires to be a lady who is one that is looked at as, as having a good reputation – who is uh, virtuous, who is someone that is well-respected. And we talk about things like equality. You know, We want women that if you want equality, and and this isn't trying to be political, but if you want those things, those are really effects and that we need to actually focus in the right direction so that we get to be a lady or a gentleman or respected or maybe a CEO or uh, a high-level manager or whatever. I mean, if those are the things you want to acquire in your life, well, we've got to take some steps and move in that direction. And our desire tonight on the show is that we begin to, to have a conversation where we ask, what is it going to take to become a gentleman? What is it going to be, take to become a woman that is of God, that is virtuous? So Sarah, I want to give you a chance just to share from your heart.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important. If, I'm, if I want to become a capable, intelligent, virtuous woman, it's not going to just happen just by me sitting around hoping and even praying that that just happens to me. I have to, I have to do exactly what Proverbs 31 kind of tells me to do, you know, I have to wake up early and prepare for the day. I have to be self-disciplined. I have to spend my money wisely. I can't just frivolously blow my money on whatever I want and expect suddenly a wise de- business decision has been made. That's not how it works. Um, you know, I have to I have to make sure that I'm um taking care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually and spend time in those in those areas. It says that? It does. Oh my! Can you believe it?
2: <laughs> I'm uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, I have to generously, the, the Proverbs 31 woman generously gives to the needy and isn't self-focused. I'm, I can't be narcissistic, you know, and be optimistic and confident. How do I do that? Well, I can't always dwell on... On all the negative, I have to try to keep a positive attitude, and honestly, that's difficult for me. Sometimes, you know, I, I look and I and I see the bad things, but Matthew six thirty three says, "But seek, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well." that speaks to safety and security as well. You know, All those things are difficult for us to acquire on our own. But if we're seeking him, if we're seeking the Lord and his kingdom first, all of that kind of falls into place.
2: Wow. And that's, that's incredible. One of the verses in there that says that her hands are busy spinning thread, which means she works a lot. And not only that, but that her lamp burns late into the night. So you just said a couple of really uncomfortable things. One, that she gets up early and prepares herself for the day and that she she doesn't spend her money frivolously. Let's just face it; it's so easy when we got that cash in our pocket. You know, the new Apple Watch just comes out, or the new iPhone, or or the new whatever you want. You get a new car or something. It's like we we just throw our money at things and we don't even think twice about right. it.
1: Right? I earned. I worked hard for that. I earned it. I deserve. Oh yeah. It.
2: Every video game I bought, I worked for that.
1: How better can I spend my money than to? give some of that, maybe instead of buying that Apple Watch for myself, I'm able to give that to a charity, you know, locally or overseas that's helping feed hungry or protect people who um, need protection or are speaking for people who can't speak for themselves.
3: You know, I think that what Sarah said is so true and and the bottom line really is what she ended at saying, you know, you need to be able to seek God. And and I, I keep telling young ladies and young men, enjoy who you are. Enjoy who God made you enjoy the the differences, celebrate them rather than, than be somebody who manipulates and tries to figure out how to make them so that they're they're not a part of your life. You know, God made men to be men and women to be women. And, and he allows us to have different thought processes and, and gifts and talents. And we need to encourage one another and celebrate those differences. And when we do that, the fruit of it is going to be uh, the things that we've talked about in, in Proverbs 31 and and other places throughout the Bible.
2: So as young men today, I think it's so important that we begin to move in the direction of becoming a gentleman. There are so many verses and we could go all day just talking about what it means to become a gentleman. But I, I just want to encourage you young men that are out there, take note of some of the things that Paul writes, especially between Ephesians and then through Timothy. There's some really, some really great points. I think this would be just a good application for many young men today. In 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 15, it says, likewise, deacons must be reverent. Not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience, but let these also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. And then it goes into the wives. Wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own houses as well. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is Christ Jesus. And, and I think that extends beyond the family. I mean, there's a family context in there, but guys, it's so easy for us to not be reverent, to be wild, to be you know always having fun, to be people who say one thing and do another, being double tongued or saying contradictory statements, I mean this happens all the time, people that are given to much wine or that that drink excessively, being not greedy for money that 's so important it 's so easy for guys today to be so focused on that the role of provider that we get focused that we let money become our God, that we serve the work that we do or we serve the the boss and, and the paycheck that we get. And that's just not right. That's putting our focus on the wrong things, but yet it's so easy to do that. And that's where as a gentleman, you have to fight the the way you feel sometimes and to do things that are uncomfortable of doing, of being generous when you don't want to be generous or when you can't afford in your own mind, quote unquote, to be generous. Uh, there are so many things you can't afford to be chivalrous. So you can't afford to be kind. And, and you know, I, I just kind of question if you can or you can't really afford those things. I think it's so important that we make ways to afford those things instead of just wait for wait for it to be the right time or you know if i feel good about it you can't trust your feelings today and i can tell you being a gentleman being a lady you're going to do things in there that you really don't want to do for the benefit of somebody else and that's really what it means to be a lady or be a gentleman is that you do things for others, not to gain for yourself, but to help make them better and make them successful. That's kind of the summary of tonight's show. Go and connect with us on the tweet back or on Twitter for a little bit more time here tonight at hopenet360.com slash tweet Or if you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also download the podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. We would love for you to share this show with your friends and let them know about it. We've seen some incredible increase in the last couple of months. People, listening to the show from all over the place. So thank you guys for subscribing. For listening, for tuning in. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your heart with us. It's so great to have your voice with us on the show.
1: Thank you for letting me come back. It's been great.
2: Yeah, we've had a lot of fun. And uh, of course, our show notes at hopenet360.com, we've got some links. And of course, the the different qualities of uh, gentlemen and ladies. We'd love for you to go and check that out for yourself. For all of us here on the show, thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll see you guys online
4: and next week. Bye. Later.